Go ahead and take your Bibles, if you will. I've got, what do I got? Six pages of notes, but they're kind of wide space, so it could be a quick one tonight. So, uh, but stay with me. I'm going to talk about three men. Three men. Three men. In your mind's eye, think, who might that be? Three men. Three men. Why don't we go ahead and have a word of prayer, and we'll get into the message. Our gracious Father, we're so thankful that we have the opportunity to be here tonight. We praise you for preserving your word. We thank you, dear Lord, for sending your only son, your only begotten son, to die on the cross of Calvary. Pay the penalty of not only the sin of all the world, but my sin. And God, the free gift of salvation is provided. If we'll just repent and receive you. Uh, God, I pray that tonight you'd be with us. We know that you're here through the presence of your Holy Spirit. We have that promise through your word. But God, we pray that we are ready to uh, listen to you. Speak to us now, we ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Take your Bibles, open to the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Have you thought about who the three men are? Three men? I mean, there's groups of three men in the Bible. But maybe it's not what you're thinking. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it will begin in verse 9. The Bible says, But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? But he may instruct him, that he may instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able, for ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Did you figure out the three men? The three men? Natural, the natural man, the carnal man, or the spiritual man? The three men. You know, the world has over seven billion people. And yet, no two are exactly alike. But really, when you come down to it, spiritually speaking, uh, we, th we think in terms of saved and lost. So we say there are two, two men. But the Apostle Paul, through the authorship 
uh, of the Holy Spirit said, we're going to talk about the natural man, we're going to talk about the carnal man, and we're going to talk about the spiritual man. So let's go. Consider the natural man. In verse 14 it says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Let's consider, let's consider the limitations of this man, this natural man. He cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God. Now this is simply a statement of fact. There's no way it can happen. He cannot receive the things of God, of the Spirit of God. He can only know the things of a man. He can only know the things of a man. He may with man's wisdom be able to read God's word, but he cannot know them. He cannot know them. Why? He's the natural man. The things of God are revealed by the Spirit of God through the word of God. Good and upright is the Lord, the Bible says. Therefore will he teach sinners in the way. The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. Psalms chapter 25, verse 8 and 9. Then, if you're near John chapter 14, John chapter 14, verse 26, the Bible says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. The natural man, the natural man is without any spiritual discernment. And he makes his evaluation according to his wisdom, not God's wisdom. And we know that man's wisdom is extremely limited, but God's wisdom is not. How does this natural man evaluate God's word? Well, to him it's foolishness. It's foolishness. You know, if we can't understand something, a lot of times we'll say, oh, that's just silly. Have you ever heard anybody say that? I think I've said that. Oh, that's just silly. What are you saying? Well, if you don't see it my way, if you can't understand it my way, you're just wrong. And that's just silly. It's foolishness. That's just foolish. <clears throat> Consider what Paul said that men were calling foolish. Go back to chapter 1. Chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians. Chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians. The Bible says in verse 18, For the preaching of the cross to them that perish, foolishness. Folks, the natural man is the lost man. The natural man is the lost man. Foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. You jump down to verse 23. It says, But we preach Christ crucified. Unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. In my mind's eye, I am seeing Brother Alice, I forgot his name. He's got his pulpit there. We preach Christ crucified. Max Graves, Brother Max Graves, right there in the pulpit. We preach Christ crucified. Amen. Amen. The unsaved or the natural man can only understand the things with their natural mind. Why? They've not been spiritually born again. That's why although they accept the crucifixion of Christ as a historical fact, uh, they simply can't see the importance of the event and what it means for all of eternity. That's when I talk to people about the Lord and we're talking about salvation. Sometimes I will say, you know, I know, I know of uh, George Washington, but I never met him. I never met him. And I said the same thing with Jesus Christ. You might know of Jesus Christ, but until you met him, you don't have him as your savior. 
<clears throat> just a note here. Whenever you're witnessing to someone, you know, as you witness, and you may be a little bit nervous as you begin into it, especially if you haven't taken the opportunity to do it much. But folks, we all need to do this. Don't be afraid. Paul prayed for boldness. We should pray for boldness as well. But as you're witnessing to someone about the Lord, and you feel God's leading, ask God's Spirit to help you discern the condition of that soul. Just discern the condition. Exactly for what I had just said a while ago. Some may talk like they know Christ, but as you ask questions prompted by God's word that you've hidden in your heart, it, he will reveal it to you where they're at. Many can be in full agreement with the historicity. Hey, how, how's that for this old okey boy? To say historicity of Jesus, and yet they've never tasted of the free gift of salvation. They might know everything about it. They might even know more of the Bible than you do. But if they've never received him as Savior, that's key. What about this natural man? Where's his destination? Paul said that they would perish. They would perish. Some have said that the natural man is just spiritually sick. And he just needs our help or he'll die. Folks, that's not correct. That's not correct. God's word says that he's already dead. He's already dead in trespasses and sin. And what he needs is a resurrection. He needs a resurrection. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1, the Bible says, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Praise God. The natural man, if you're here and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you are the natural man. You're a natural man. Guess what? Without God, you're without hope. Without God, without hope. You know, I've met a lot of people that are highly educated, perhaps even deeply religious. They know many things. One of their thoughts would cause my head to burst wide open, as a friend would tell me. He'd tell me, he said, Thomason, one of my thoughts would just explode your head. I said, well, that's kind of rude, Jerry. <laughs> but he was making a point. There'll be a lot of highly educated, deeply religious people, I'm sad to say, in hell, in eternity. The natural man is the lost man. The natural man is the lost man. So we talked about the natural man. Well, the second man we want to talk about is the carnal man. The carnal man. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. The Bible says, beginning in verse 1, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, huh, okay, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Okay, if you're reading this and you're letting the words drink into your mind and your heart, you're recognizing that this is a saved individual. It says, I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able, for ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For, once, for while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye, net, are ye not carnal? Are ye not carnal? He's a babe in Christ. He's just a baby. He's just a baby. That means if he's a baby in Christ, he's not a natural man. 
He's been born again. He's been born again. He's been quickened. He's saved. And he has the spirit of God within him. And yet he's a babe. He's a babe. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You know, it's a new life in Christ, but there's something wrong. There's nothing wrong with being a babe in Christ. Whenever you were saved, you became a babe in Christ. Everyone that was ever saved, has been saved, will be saved, will be a babe in Christ. The problem is not to remain as a babe, not to remain as a babe. How sad it is. Sometimes you'll have a birth of a child and you'll look at that child and you'll just be amazed by the beauty of God's creation and you have the joy in your heart, but after a while, something's wrong. That baby doesn't grow. That baby does not develop. It's always gonna be a baby. Similarly, the child of God, when he's born of God, how sad it is that he remains a babe. That he remains a babe. Note the characteristics of this babe in Christ. He needs to be bottle fed when it comes to the word of God. Now that's not unusual for a babe. Not unusual for a babe. But in time we ought to develop an appetite for the word of God. I have an appetite. Let's see, today my appetite was for Mexican food. Oh, it was good. This is good, I enjoyed that Mexican. I have a, an appetite for that food. We need to have an appetite for the meat of God's word. The meat of God's word. That's where we get into it. And as we read it and we look at it and we consider it and we allow God to speak to our hearts and as we chew on it, as we just grind it up, I mean, we get every little piece of juice out of that scripture that we can. We consume it. We ought to develop an appetite for the meat of God's word. I've, we have uh, we have adopted another dog. We have two Great Den Mastiffs. And two and a half weeks ago, into our home came this beautiful one-year-old Great Dane, Sadie. Oh, Sadie, my goodness. And uh, I, every once in a while, I have a little bit leftover meat in, in the fridge, and I'll take it out to the dogs. They don't even chew it. They just swallow it down. They know it's good but they really don't get everything out of it that they should. They should chew on that a little bit and enjoy it. You know, we should be so excited to get into the meat of God's word that we're tempted to just to gulp it down. But take your time. Don't choke. I don't know what a Baptist Heimlich would look like. But we want you to understand that we need to study God's word. We need to get into the meat of it. You know, milk takes little or no effort. It just slides on down. There it goes. What was that? I don't know. I don't know. I guess it was good. You know, it's a sign of immaturity for a believer not to have an appetite for God's word. It's a scary thought, really. I don't know your heart. You don't know my heart. You say I'm saved. I say I'm saved. Do you have an appetite for God's word? Do you want to know what is in God's word? You know, a healthy diet makes for a healthy body. A healthy diet makes for a healthy body. You know, we're not just to eat one thing. Uh, Alice says, I can't just eat hamburgers all the time. I enjoy a hamburger. 
Problem is, I enjoy too many hamburgers. You know? What do you want for breakfast? I'll have a hamburger. You know? But no, we need to have a healthy healthy body. And in order to have a healthy body, we must eat healthily. Um, Similarly, we need to eat healthy in God's word so we can have a spiritually healthy body. You know, another another, uh, sign of a carnal man is that uh, he cannot get along with others. He cannot get along with others. When a believer has disputations with other Christians, it's a sign of carnality. It's a sign of carnality. It's our human nature. It is our human nature. We're born in Christ. We're a new creature. A new creation. We're a babe. We have that time of growth. And the idea, folks, is for us to grow out of those things. Now, it doesn't mean that we, from time to time, Jeremy might not slip back into that. Why? Because I am human. I'm fleshy. But I'm to allow that spirit of God to work and live within me and control me. But sometimes I get a little, ah, what's the word? Ah, not a word, is it? I get a little bit, uh, oh, combative. <laughs> Why? You just want to fight at everything I say. Fight at everything I say. But these, these carnal Christians cannot get along with others, with others. Reality, the problem has to do with selfishness, being selfish, being selfish. All they wanted to do was have their way. Everything would be all right if I can just have my way. Why can't we do it my way? Do it my way. We're selfish. We're selfish. You know what? We don't always have to have it our way. How do you want to do it? We'll do it that way. Well, that's not the way you do it. That's fine. I can enjoy it just as much. Let's do it your way. Let's do it your way. You know what? The truth is, when you see that kind of action within a carnal Christian, what else would you expect? They're a babe in Christ. They're a babe. I expect nothing else. You know, I I usually say that when something happens, um, and it's something that's just evil, I'll say, I don't, I never expect righteousness out of the unrighteous. But it sure disappoints me when I find unrighteousness in the righteous. But from a babe, what would you expect? You expect anything else. Why? They don't know. They haven't grown. They haven't grown. These Corinthian believers were selfish. All they wanted, just have it my way. They were Burger King Christians. Have it my way. Have it my way. The result of this was envying, the Bible says, was strife, and there was division in the church. You know what? You come through those doors, you know, in the morning or at night, you may have all kinds of things going on in your life. You may have all kinds of problems. You may be at the threat of losing your job, a heartache, whatever it is. But you know, you don't have to allow that circumstance to control you. You don't have to allow that circumstance to take the joy out of your heart. You know, I've read the end of the book. I know who wins. I might have heartache for a time here. I don't know how much longer I have here. But heaven forbid, I should allow my circumstance 
control me to the point that I don't display the joy of Christ. Well, if you're a babe in Christ, you'll do that. You'll do that. You know that envying and strife and division in church? That's the very source of every church split. Did you hear about them? Yeah, they had a split. They split. Why? It's division. Why? They couldn't get along. Why? Babes in Christ. Babes in Christ. It's been said that churches do not split over doctrine. That's true. They don't split over doctrine. Not really. Not normally. What they split over are personalities or preferences. Personalities or preferences. And that will cause a split. Oh my. Oh my, the Heavenly Father. That's my church. What are you doing? You know, I think sometimes we get this grand idea as we enter heaven, you know, the reception we'll get. I'll tell you what. I don't know. I don't know. We'll be glad we're there. We'll be glad we're there. Carnal men walk like the unsaved. Carnal men walk like the lost. Carnal men have no problem just getting in with a group and talking, telling the dirty jokes, doing whatever, having a drink, you name it, on and on and on. Why? They've never grown. They're a babe. But God's word instructs the believer to do what? To walk in the spirit. Why? So you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We are to walk in love. Why? Love covers a multitude of sins. If you genuinely love someone, you do it because you on purpose want to love and do for them, not for anything that you're going to get in return. That's mature. We are to keep the unity of the spirit, God's word tells us. To keep the unity of the spirit. What spirit? Not my spirit, not your spirit, the spirit, the spirit, God's Holy Spirit. We have the natural man, we have the carnal man, the natural man's lost, the, the carnal man's saved, but he's a baby. And then we have the spiritual man, the saved man. Turn back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 15. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 15. The Bible says, But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. He himself is judged of no man. I believe the teaching there is that if you take your, your business with God, no man can lay fault at your feet and judge you. But the spirituality of the spiritual man is evident in his character. In his character. Spirituality involves being controlled by the Spirit of God. Being controlled by the Spirit of God. When you and your flesh would want to rise up and become angry and lash out, God's word tells us, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled, be filled with the Spirit. Again, not your spirit, not their spirit, but God's Spirit, God's Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5.18. The Spirit has come to glorify Christ. John chapter 16 and verse 14 says, He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. A spiritual person will manifest Christ in his character and in his actions. If you're around Christ, if you're drinking in God's word, if you're chewing in the meat of the word, you're going to act like God's child. By the way, the spiritual man, the saved man, 
They'll be known by their fruit. They'll be known by their fruit. The Bible tells us in the book of Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 and 23. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit, God's Spirit, which should be in us, love, do you display love? Joy, do, what's your countenance like? Does it seem like you're happy? Or does it seem like you're carrying the weight of the world? It's almost, I watch people, folks, and sometimes I'm amazed by just the look on their face that they can actually stay on their feet coming through those doors back there. They seem to be so burdened down. And I'm thinking, what's going on? What's wrong? We've all got problems. We've all got situations in our life. But I don't have to allow that to control me. Why? You should be the spiritual man. You should be the person that is in God's word and growing, chewing on the meat. Peace. Peace is your long peace in your life. Long suffering. Yeah, that means you can put up with well, that's it. They've done it too many times to me. They've crossed the line. That's it. They pushed my buttons. That's it. What what's that? What's this? What are you saying? Your long suffering has a your long suffering has a, a, a line that you cross. You've got an end to your long-suffering. The long-suffering, you know what long-suffering means? Long-suffering. And it just keeps going. It just keeps going. Gentleness. Being gentle. Being gentle. Some people know what's right, and they're quick to tell you. There's a right way to say it. There's a right way to say it. Goodness. Faith. Meekness. Temperance. Against such, there is no law. There is no law. Good friend of mine, home in the heaven, Tom Pride. He was one of these guys, one of the most brilliant people I've ever met. An engineer. Very brilliant man. Very brilliant man. And yet he displayed Galatians 5, 22, 23, as well as any Christian I've ever known. You got around him... Everyone felt like Tom was my best friend. Tom was my best friend. He just made you feel that way. He didn't make me feel insignificant. He didn't say, oh, you idiot, every time I'd open my mouth. Tom was the guy that when we'd sit down to play, it was Boggle, right? That his wife, Alice, and I, now Alice and Debbie are very smart. Donnie, uh, no, not too much, okay? And spelling, okay. If you want a one-syllable word, I'm your guy. You go to two syllables, oh, you're pressing it, you know. I might, might cause me to have a migraine. I might just collapse. But we would take our three scores and add them up to try to beat Tom. Couldn't do it. We couldn't do it. It got so, I'd have a dictionary. He'd say a word. That's not a word. Yes, it is. Look it up. And look it up. Yep, there it was. He'd tell me where it came from, whether it was a Latin or wherever. Sometimes I would just start reading, what's this word mean? He'd tell me. <laughs> what's this word mean? He'd tell me. And oh, by the way, it said this way, Donnie. <laughs> a spiritual man will imitate Christ in their conduct. We are to be like Christ. I've said many times, I love my father. I love being as much like my father as I can. Why? I think he was a great man. I was thinking he was a great man. The Bible says in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. 
and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. We should be like Christ. Spiritual man is spiritual in his knowledge. Well, that makes sense. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. Go ahead and turn there. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 14. The Bible says, But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason have used their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. A person's advancement in the knowledge of the word of God is a characteristic of genuine spirituality. Matthew Henry said this, Concerning the phrase, he that is spiritual judges all things. He said, the spiritual man may judge of all things, natural and supernatural, human and divine. He can discern. He can judge. Spiritual man is spiritual in his attitude. Spiritual in his attitude. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. The Bible says, now in verse 10, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing. Now stop and consider McKee Road Baptist. As members, are we all speaking the same thing? Are we all heading the same way? Are we all pulling on the rope? Think of it as a, how many have ever played tug of war? You played tug of war? Well, that was a while back, long time ago. I think if I tried it now, my arms would just pull off. I don't know. But you play tug of war. The question is, are we all pulling the same way? You know, heaven forbid we got everybody lined up this way and then you got one that's on your side and they turn this way. That's wrong. That's wrong. You all speak the same thing. And that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Stuff's going on. It's a little murmuring over here, a little talk over here. You watch, you'll see groups form, and they'll form over here, and maybe somebody over in the front, and they never seem to come together. What's going on? There's contentions. There's something going on. Now this I say, verse 12, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I am of Hollows, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. What's Paul say? Is Christ divided? Kind of cut right to it. Was Paul crucified for you? Or were ye baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius, lest any should say that I have baptized in mine own name. And I baptized also the household of Stephanus, Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. There was a problem in the church of Corinth. There was disunity. Disunity. You know what? Makes Satan very happy 
to see a church in chaos, to see a church that has contentions, see a church that can't all, they're not all pulling together. They're pulling apart. They're pulling apart. The spiritual man will have the mind of Christ and will be more concerned for others than even themselves. Oh my goodness, we live in a country where everything's about us. Get it for me. I can do it now. But you can't afford that. I got this plastic card. Be careful. I can get it with that. He'll have the mind of Christ. He'll be concerned for others. The spiritual man, the spiritual Christian, will have an attitude of service. He'll have an attitude of service. What can I do? What can I do? What can I do for the church? Every once in a while you have people that come into church. What can I do? What can I do? I was talking to Brother Venegas. We have been talking about doing this for quite some time. I talked to uh, Ricky and what have you. Uh, some of the men that we need to have a work day on a Saturday where we can come down and clean off the parking lot over there and clean off the parking lot back here. And today when I was out, I noticed some things had been done. And I was talking to Brother Venegas. He said, yes, the church and I have been out here the last two Saturdays cleaning up, trying to get some weeds down. I said, thank you so much. He said, now, I said, I hope it was okay. He said, we just piled it over there and we burned it right there. <laughs> and I said, well... I guess it's okay. Nobody came and got you. But I said, we appreciate what you're doing. Appreciate what you're doing. You know, a spiritual man will also want to exercise their spiritual gifts within the body. What is the gift that God has given you? A spiritual gift? What are you drawn to do? You may not know the name of it, but it just seems to be a natural fit for you. Are you doing it? Are you doing it? You need to use your spiritual gift. You need to use your spiritual gift. You know, that's no secret. I love playing baseball. I love playing baseball. If I didn't have a job and I could go out and still play baseball, I would go play baseball. Yeah. You know, they got those over 60-year-old baseball leagues. I think I might can make it. Maybe. Maybe. I love to play baseball. My favorite position was center field. I love to play center field. Why? I just love to run after the ball and catch the ball. I love to catch it when they thought it couldn't be caught. And then I would love to throw guys out when they thought they couldn't be thrown out. It was a, a, a favorite position of mine. My brothers and I would go out, and, and, and uh, through the summer months, we'd go out, maybe eat something for breakfast, I don't know. We'd just go out, and we had a big field, and we'd play baseball. And we'd play all day long. And we'd have the neighbors come down. And we'd have game after game after game. Before you know it, it'd be dark. And here my, my mom say, boys? It's time to come in. Well, it wasn't so bad because we knew we were going to have some good food. So we'd go ahead and go on in. But we loved to play baseball. But you know, I also loved to play other positions. I played some shortstop. I played some first base. Why? I just loved the game. I loved being in the game. Anywhere I could be in the game, I wanted to play. And I didn't have a problem playing another position. Perhaps I wasn't as good at it as I was at one, but I played every position. Anywhere I could play, I would play. A spiritual person will exercise their gift. A spiritual gift, they will exercise. And by the way, I believe that they can develop some new ones along the way as well. Why? Anywhere they can serve, anywhere they can serve, a spiritual person will say, I want to serve. I want to serve. The local church is a place of activity. The local church is a place of ministry. 
those who come to only sit and observe, that's not spirituality. It's not spirituality. You know what? You might think, well, I, I'm just a little bit, well, that's kind of at the babe, it's kind of at the babe time. You may be a little bit anxious and maybe a little bit nervous in your spirit about becoming involved. Don't be. Don't be. Grow. Grow. Those members who are creating problems and demanding constant attention, that's not spirituality. They come in. They won't smile at you. They won't talk to you. They might have one or two they'll talk to. And they want to make sure that you know uh, there's a problem. I got some heavy weight in my life. Well, perhaps you do. But guess what? That doesn't just fall on you. It falls on everyone. Everyone's got something. Everyone's got something. I go back to you don't have to allow that circumstance to control you. Church members who do not positively contribute to the welfare of the body are not spiritual. Just mark it down. Are not spiritual. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed and eye closed. We've talked about the natural man. We know that the natural man is the lost man. He is the unsaved man. We talked about the carnal man. The carnal man, simply a lot of time, is just a babe in Christ. Someone that has just received Christ as their Savior. Perhaps, though, that they've been saved for quite some time. And yet they're still a babe. They're carnal. And we've talked about the spiritual man. Which of these three are you? Which of these three are you? Would you consider yourself spiritual? When's the last time you witnessed for Christ? When's the last time you took an opportunity and stepped out? But I'm nervous, but I'm going to go ahead because I feel like the Holy Spirit has directed me to talk to this individual. When have you done that? When's the last time in church you looked across the room and you saw one whose countenance was fallen and you went to them? Hey, brother. Hey, sister, I love you. I just notice you don't seem to be that happy. Is there anything I can pray with you about? Is there anything I can do for you? I'm here for you. What can I do? What can I do? Which of these three are you? If you're saved, if you're a new Christian, grow in the Lord. Grow in his word. Get involved in the ministry of McKee Road Baptist Church. Father, have your will and way as we take just a moment for people to do business with you, whether in their seat or at this altar. Have your will and way, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand with me with heads bowed and eyes closed.